1: minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with a pay discount using debit or bank account $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well qualified customers contact us before canceling accounts continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due $35 per line connection charge apply ctmobile.com man that sunset is
0: gorgeous
3: grill patio sunset hard to get better than that unless you're browsing carvana's inventory while you soak it all in oh burger time So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you.
0: I could stay here forever.
3: Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today.
2: Graduation is a sweet occasion, but finding the perfect gift can be a bitter struggle. MMS.com has a solution.
3: And now, the man who travels over 400,000 miles each year, your travel detective, Peter Greenberg.
0: Hi, everybody. Peter Greenberg here, and welcome to the podcast that's done from a different location around the world every single week. One day, Canada. The next day, Thailand. Then, New York, London. You just never know. This week, we come to you from Montego Bay, Jamaica. My next guest I have had on the show many, many times, and I don't come down to Jamaica without talking to him or without him talking to me. He's the Honorable Edmund Bartlett. He's the Minister of Tourism for Jamaica, but also the founder of something we're going to talk about, the Global Tourism Resilience and Crisis Management Center. Say that three times fast. Thanks for coming, mister. Thank you very much, Peter, and welcome to Jamaica. It's It's always 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 a
4: joy to have you
0: here. Well, I know you say that to everybody, but it is a joy to be here. No, no, for you it's true. Okay. <laughs> but let's talk about some serious stuff here, because uh, you know there's a reason why you started this, not as Minister of Tourism, but really why you started this center, uh, because. Uh, We were listening this morning, I'm I'm down here as part of the United Nations World Tourism Organization Conference, we were listening to the former president of Colombia, President Uribe, who was saying that, you know, if there's a problem, whether it's a problem with statistics, fear, perception, a natural disaster, um, a civil disturbance, an act of terrorism, and we can go down the list, hearing from a government official doesn't always do it because... Who wants to believe them? There's a credibility issue. I mean, present company excluded, of course. No, no,
4: but I think in general, you're quite correct. You know, um, people want to know that the source of information is uh, reliable and not tainted by any considerations, whether it's
0: political or otherwise. And so you're uh, uh, quite right, absolutely. I mean, I I can think of so many examples uh, in, in just recent history where something bad or something that was perceived bad that happened, and the flow of information, whether even if it was, in, you know, well-intentioned or not, was either misleading or, or, or just there was misinformation, and it
4: actually compounded the problem. Absolutely. And, you know, to the point that you have made, uh, w- talking about disruptions and different types of, um, of, of, of mega events which take place to cause dislocations in economies. and um, and influence how countries are able to function. Uh, Having accurate information, accurate information, having um, on-point messaging and having a sense of geodirection is critical. And a credible source. And credible. You see, people need to know exactly what is happening, what's the truth. Exactly. When did it really happen? How did it really happen? Who? has it happened to and where and and and, and the answer and i'll add one to that and what does it mean to you absolutely and and then if we go further how can i help which i think is is what we are about and what the Resilience center is about it's about how can we create a center that will allow for the repository of of good to then be able to radiate to areas of need
0: well you know i wouldn't even use the word good i'd use the word clarity
4: well, we both can change words and exchange them yeah. and use them
0: interchangeably. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give you an example. To this day, and you know how many times I've come down to Jamaica. I mean, I've lost count. But it doesn't ever surprise me anymore that on the eve of my going down here, someone, someone who I know, someone who I, not just, it's not just one person, it could be any people, but someone who I think is reasonably intelligent, reasonably well-read, someone who's sophisticated, who's a traveler and not just a tourist, will inevitably say to me, you're going to Jamaica, well be careful. I'm like, well, be careful what? Because they've read something. I remember years ago I was going to Kingston uh, to see your prime minister. And people said to me, oh, you can't go to Kingston. People are getting killed there. I said, listen, if there are riots in Cincinnati, it doesn't stop me going to Cleveland. Mm. And, and I understand about Spanish Town, but I wasn't planning on going to Spanish Town. That's, a, you know, that's an area of some concern for security and safety, but it's not going to stop me from going to, to Kingston. And of all the years I've come down here, the biggest danger I had is somebody wanted to braid my hair. And I, to, I want you to know <laughs> <laughs> that's a non-starter. <laughs> it's a non-starter for you, too, but that, this you know, is radio. Just, I won't tell them about you. You know this for mine for a different <laughs> reason, right?
5: <laughs> but you know what
0: I'm saying. So you have these issues. You have safety and security. You have terrorism. You have political in, is, uh, issues. You have weather and natural disasters big weather incidents right i mean you know you are in uh, part of the hurricane belt let's not kid ourselves you dodged them a few times very luckily but other places like puerto rico didn't Uh, not once but twice and it was the flow of information that was so devastating not just for people who wanted to go vacation there, it was vac- it was devastating for the people who lived there, yeah, exactly. who, who yeah. worked there.
4: Yeah. But, you know, to the point you're making, uh, the level of geographical ignorance that exists globally in relation to countries like ours in the Caribbean um, puts us in a position where clarity is, is really needed, as you correctly said. Um, when we had the hurricanes, for example, uh, two years ago, Irma and um, Maria, that devastated... Uh, about seven islands of the Caribbean, including Puerto Rico, um, people were confused as to whether the hurricane took place in Barbuda or Bermuda
0: or Barbados. Barbados.
4: And so, you know, here comes the issue. Then when uh, it happened in Dominica, the issue was whether it was Dominican Republic and so on. So the need for information, clear information, as to where what has happened, how it has happened, who are affected, and how can we get to them quickly is vital. And this is what the center is intending to do. It is it's intending to form a repository of strong communication uh, mechanisms to provide on-time,
0: nano time information. Well, you information. know, what, what, what's interesting to me, you mentioned geographic ignorance, I see that up close and personal every day. We have people in my country who don't understand that New Mexico is a state. <laughs> they think it's a country. Yes. Um, I remember the terrible BP oil spill in the Gulf. And everybody said, oh, my God, Fort Lauderdale is covered in oil. It was nowhere near it. That's right. So That's right. you have that going in. Absolutely. And, and I think it's safe to say, and you might want to disagree with it, but you're not going to change that ignorance. But you've got to get the information out in another way that people yeah. can, can digest it. You've
4: got to reduce the level of exposure to that ignorance by infusing information, accurate information. And I think that um, the Resilience Center is going to be uh, a critical point uh, of departure in terms of ensuring that accurate on-time and messaging is maintained because nothing defeats a recovery program than misinformation. So let's go back to the process. Who then speaks for you? Well, who will speak for us will be the director of the institute. If you remember, uh, the center is at the University of the West Indies. It's not a government center. It's not going to be influenced by um, the government's policies or programs. It will be within the frame of a university and academic arrangement. And so the um, freedom that all academic institutions enjoy will be passed on naturally to the center. But more importantly, I think it is going to be supported by a number of partners, international partners, a number of whom are already assembled here in Jamaica and will be part of the program tomorrow, signing MOUs and um, instruments of participation with the center. Um, Have
0: Have you had good cooperation from governments?
4: Well, we have not requested any cooperation from any government um, even our own government uh, what we are doing is merely providing some seed support to enable the the, the center to to be properly um, structured and then to take off we have appointed a board of international players in the tourism industry top well respected well positioned leaders of tourism across the world I
6: feeling
1: we're not in kansas anymore
0: I get a chance to talk to Gay Myers. Hi, Gabe. Hi. When we talk about this region, um, and we're not just going to talk about seven-day cruises, when we talk about this region, you know, given weather, given weather incidents, given the history of hurricanes, we're now watching slowly but surely some of those areas coming back, some of them coming back slower than others. Some of them were quite resilient.
5: Yes, absolutely. I think the uh, recovery and the rebound in the seven or eight impacted islands is quite amazing. And I think that um, for Puerto Rico especially, they still have a ways to go, but they're making great headway, especially in San Juan. Anguilla's doing great. St. Martin, Dutch side of St. Martin, is doing quite well. The French St. Martin is a little slow in that. Well, when you say it's a
0: little slow, the infrastructure is somewhat back. You can still go there. Absolutely.
5: Oh, yes, you can. Yes, and there are properties like grand cost beach club that is open and there are restaurants that are open it's still it's still in recovery mode
0: you know i've always said this and i don't want to sound politically incorrect i'm trying to sound pragmatic that with very very few exceptions one of the best times to go anywhere is after a natural disaster or a civil disturbance because no one else will be there they'll be thrilled to see you in many cases you cannot be a first responder that's ridiculous but in many cases you can help in the recovery just by by being there
5: Absolutely, you can spend some money, go into the shops that are open. You can do some volunteer stuff. I think it's a great time to go.
0: You know, right after the the last big hurricanes, you know, the cruise industry announced, well, you know, forty three ports are open, but that didn't mean they were fully operating. That meant that right. some ships could get in. Are all the ports open now?
5: Well, uh, certainly the big ones are. Saint Thomas is, Saint Martin is. the The smaller ships are going in, into uh, Anguilla. Saint John has some small ships. Saint Thomas is good.
0: Well, you mentioned St. John. They got hit. Yes. Are they back?
5: Keneal Bay isn't. Uh, the smaller properties and the villas did had a great business. They came back very quickly. There are a lot of villas there. So
0: smart travelers, if you pick and choose and have a conversation, just don't go online, yeah. right? I mean, that's my biggest pet peeve. Yes. Uh, right? Have a conversation and ask the right questions, which the online opportunity doesn't give you.
5: Have a conversation with your travel advisor. Yeah, why not? Yes.
0: Especially one who specializes in that region or in that particular experience. Right. Now, you mentioned, you know, some of the smaller resorts coming back. What about government? I mean, you know, this was a great example, good, bad, or ugly, of where government can work with the private sector or not to help in the recovery. I remember when the the big hurricanes hit Mexico many years ago, the private sector didn't wait for the government. They just did it, and they brought back Cancun. I, I mean, almost, you know, in instantaneous ways. Right. Um, What lessons have been learned from this about who you want to cooperate with and how?
5: I'm not sure what lessons have been learned from the government side of things. I didn't see a great rush by governments to step in and help. I I saw more private sector help going on, especially in Puerto Rico, especially in in many of those islands. I, I think the private sector was more... Um, helpful and and of benefit than the governments.
0: And of course, there's always the issue of airlift. You know, it, even in good times, if you don't have airlift, people can't come, right. or they can't afford to come. Right. I remember when American Airlines dominated San Juan. That is not the case mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a major hub for them. I remember, you know, when you take a look at at, at at emerging markets, and I still call it an emerging market, at least for the United States, Cuba. We'll talk about that a little mm-hmm. bit later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but has the airlift returned to Puerto Rico? Has it come back in the same numbers? Have the cruise lines come back in the same numbers or even more?
5: What it, What I hear regarding the cruise lines is that they had a great year, and they're going to have an even better year this year. Yes, they've all pretty much returned. And I think airlift has increased into, into destinations like St. Martin. They're getting more lift. Uh, uh, the Virgin Islands, St. Croix, which... Didn't ever have enough lift, seems to have enough right now. St. Thomas is back about 90% of its lift.
0: Exactly. And then if you take a look at some other destinations which are south of the hurricane belt, like Aruba, they have airlift, but the airline tickets there are extremely expensive. It's outrageous.
5: Outrageous. I agree. I mean,
0: talk about supply and demand and getting beaten up by it. Mm -hmm. Uh, They need more competition in that region.
3: Right. If you are continuing on to another Southwest destination, please make sure
5: that you check the monitors inside the terminal for your proper gate and flight
0: information if you are continuing on with another airline we really don't care so i don't need a big excuse to come down to jamaica Mm -hmm. i love coming down to jamaica but i always want to find out what's going on which explains my next guest he's the Mm editor-in-chief of the western mirror and his name is lloyd smith how are you sir?
6: i'm very fine thank you peter
0: so every time i come down here Mm -hmm. um i'm i'm very happy about what is changing and I'm also very happy about what isn't changing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you'll find me hanging out at Scotchie's yeah you know I mean I, I don't like to eat at hotels I like to go out there where it's, it's very smoky and there's a lot of red stripe and, mm-hmm. and if mm-hmm. I'm not looking they put too much hot toss on the stuff but
6: yes mm-hmm. I mean
0: that's that's pretty cool stuff but I want to get into some serious issues with you and the serious issues are this uh, and I talked about this earlier in the show with the Minister Edmund Bartlett, mm-hmm. who's the Minister of Tourism, there's still the fear factor, there's still a safety issue uh, that's perceived, if not mm-hmm. real. Uh, mm-hmm. Where people, even my friends, who are educated and think they know everything, will tell me before I come to Jamaica, be careful.
6: Yes, I mm-hmm. I,
0: I don't feel unsafe, I don't feel threatened. Uh, I, I have a good time down here. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, how do you change that perception?
6: Well, I guess it's going to take a lot of um, marketing, um, both here and abroad. The fact is that in real terms, the average visitor coming to Montego Bay, to Jamaica, is safe. Um, We have not had over the years any major incidents of visitors being attacked in any way or murdered or robbed. There are rare cases and usually when these happen it's because Persons venture off into what we would call areas that are not on the beaten track. I have those neighborhoods <laughs> in New York. Exactly. I'm not. You know,
0: it's, it, that doesn't surprise you. But yes. mm-hmm. I encourage my friends when they come down here mm-hmm. to get off the the resort location and see the communities. Yes. yes. To go. I mean. I mean, to, it's not just reggae; it's mento, mm-hmm. and it's and it's not just you mm-hmm. know um, Kingston; it's it's outside of Kingston and Port yes. Antonio and uh, yes. places that they, they never leave. You know, it's sort of like mm-hmm. the all-inclusive mm-hmm. approach to life. Mm-hmm. You don't have to always have the buffet. No, not at all. Um, one of the although things I have to tell you something. Yes. The last time I was here, I walked into. I'm not making this up. I have mm-hmm. witnesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I walked into Scotchies with some friends of mine. Yes. And I saw. Uh, four Americans sitting there. I said, hey, first time? And they said, yeah. I said, do you like it? And he says, yeah, but our friends didn't want to come. I said, what do you mean? Well, well, they came and they looked around and they got scared. Mm. I said, what scared you? Open flame in a, in a kitchen? <laughs> I said, and they left. They said, well, you mm. know what that means? More <laughs> jerk for us. <laughs> but I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Yes. People, mm-hmm. It's one thing to say you know, leave the reservation, if you will, mm-hmm, get out mm-hmm. and see the community mm-hmm. and see the, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. it's another thing to get them to
6: do it. Yeah. Um, part of the problem with that, of course, is that, as you know, we have moved away from the EP hotels that we used to have in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, um, and because of, um, there was a some amount of high levels of harassment at that time, and um, most of the hoteliers decided to go with the all-inclusive concept, which would have um, literally visitors come in to the airport, they are bused to the hotel, and, and that's it. And <laughs> they never leave. <laughs> and, and we used to call, they are in there in splendid isolation. But um, those who manage to venture out, they, they, they experience it. So I, I believe that once you have... A guide with you, or someone who can explain things. I, I have taken persons even to some of our ghettos, into some of our impoverished areas, and they were amazed. Um, the people are friendly. Um, of course. They were able to get a sense of the culture. And Listen, they, I was in, they, in yes. Kingston mm-hmm. and
0: went to Spanish Town. Yes, and people said to me, I was completely suicidal. <laughs> no, and it was yeah. fine.
6: It was good. It was good.
0: But you have had a state of emergency here. Yes,
6: we have. Uh, it's about a year now, and it's, it's supposed to end. The, end end of this month actually because um, politically for the state of public emergency to last it has to get two-thirds majority of the the votes in parliament and the current opposition has refused to um, allow the government to continue the state of public emergency so it will end Um, however the prime minister continues to reassure us in general that everything will be in place to ensure that Not just us natives, but the tourists are safe, Mm -hmm. and life goes on. Absolutely, yes. So, what's the
0: biggest challenge?
6: Um, in terms of tourism, or just generally? Well, it's not just the numbers game. Yes, Mm
0: -hmm. every government want to tell you, you know, how Mm -hmm. many visitors they had and what the Mm -hmm. average stay was. And Mm -hmm. I don't even look at that. Yes, because Mm -hmm. it's not about about quantity; it's about quality of experience. Yes, the
6: experience is. So, what's the
0: challenge for Jamaica to to be able to present that quality of experience?
6: I think we need a greater level of investments in other areas besides just building rooms. Um, For example, we need more attractions that are family oriented and and that can, you know, um, give people that type of experience that they need, expose them more to the music, the cuisine, uh, and so on. Um, The tendency to, to still keep the visitor Um, almost captive in the all-inclusives. Yeah, that bothers me. It it inhibits that development because uh, an investor, a local investor, who maybe want to establish an attraction is going to be worried about whether or not he's going to get anybody coming to his attraction. Um, We also need to create more shopping experiences. I think that's one of our greatest challenges right now, I don't know if when you spoke with the minister that came up because that remains one of our major challenges as a tourist destination. We do not have enough shopping experiences for our visitors. That's very limited. And it's affecting us economically because the potential to earn far more um, US dollars is there, you know, if that area can be fully developed. But I would say the
0: cool thing is, if you're going to visit Jamaica, and I'm, just talking, I'm not just talking about Montego Bay, mm-hmm. Negril, Ocho Rios, mm-hmm. anywhere, mm-hmm. is that if everybody else is stuck at the all-inclusive, essentially trapped in their velvet prison, <laughs> yes, <laughs> and you get out, mm-hmm. you benefit because mm-hmm. no lines, right. great service, great yes. attitude, and right. better experience.
6: Exactly. Uh, and you, 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 th- th- we have a special type of hospitality in Jamaica, which is second to none, if I may say so. The warmth of our people is genuine, and when you are among Jamaicans, we like to party, we like to have fun. Oh, I know that. And, and that's infectious, so, you know, so when people get to know us better, we are not hooligans, we are not Although monsters. Although I do have
0: one caution. <laughs> yes. When you ask for directions and a Jamaican says to you, oh, it's just around no, no, the corner? No, no, no. <laughs> don't believe it. <laughs> that's legendary. You'll be walking miles.
5: My baby beside me at the wheel, cruising and playing the radio, with no particular place to go.
0: Audible.com has more than 150,000 titles and virtually every genre. So check it out for yourself. Sign up today at www.audiblepodcast.com slash travel today to get a free audiobook and 30-day trial. My next guest is an old friend. We go back way longer than I want to admit, but uh, he's the former Secretary General of the United Nations World Tourism Organization and a man who travels a lot more than I do, which is somewhat hard to do, but he does it. But he travels for a purpose, and that is to provide context and perspective about the about the global impact of travel and tourism, uh, good, bad, and ugly, but what needs to be said, and he doesn't mince words, Dr. Talib Welcome.
7: Thank you so much, Peter. It's always lovely to be with you.
0: You know, we live in a world of disruption. That is not a news bulletin. Uh, but the real key is how do you recover from that. We uh, see what's going on with Brexit right now. We see with people not traveling because of it, not just from the UK to the United States, but from the UK throughout Europe. We see what happens about foreign perceptions about the United States, where anywhere between 5 and 7% of foreign arrivals are down over last year because of people perceiving the U.S. to be either inhospitable, unwelcoming, or even closed. Um, when you take a look at the real hard numbers of travel and tourism, that's a huge hit. It is.
7: But I want to say something about how you started your conversation here. You heard about we live in the best of times, we live in the worst of times. I don't think we've ever lived better than we're living now. I'm never, never deceived by the morning news bulletins that tell us how bad
0: things are and how things are not falling apart at all. All Uh what we
7: need to do is compare ourselves to where we
0: were, where we came from 30, 40 years ago. Oh, listen, in terms of technology, I couldn't agree with you more. In terms of safety, uh, airline safety in particular, I couldn't agree with you more. In terms of borders, uh, there are so many places you can go now that you couldn't go before. Uh, That's the power of travel and tourism in and of itself. Absolutely. So I agree with you on that. But what I'm talking about is so many people that I know. Here I am in Jamaica. Even today, 2019, when I told them I was coming to Jamaica, their first response was, oh, be careful. Careful, right? Yes. And in your own home country, a country that you know I love and have been to for 30 years, Jordan, people would tell me the same thing, and I've never felt unsafe or threatened there. That's absolutely correct. But it's because travel and tourism has become a way of life. Do you feel this way? What I'm trying to
7: say is we know more about each other, we're better connected, therefore we think and we feel that the world is falling apart, but it isn't. In the past, more much of this had happened, no, not many people were traveling, we were living definitely worst of times. Today, if girls are kidnapped in Nigeria, they become my girls. If an earthquake happens in Nepal or Rome or Italy, it's happening in my backyard. That's what I'm saying. And the power of travel contributed to that. Like communication, like virtual communication, travel is real communication. It's people rubbing shoulders with each other. That's how the world is becoming closer to each other. That's why we feel that anything that happens
0: anywhere around the world, affecting all of us. Well, it's a different kind of connectivity because we're trying to find common ground. Correct. You know, it's interesting. There's a book that I highly recommend people read. They've just put it back into print. It was a book written by Samuel Clements, Mark Twain, that people forget he wrote because they think Huckleberry Finn. I get that. But the book that he wrote that has such impact today is a book called The Innocents Abroad. It was about his travels in the late 19th century uh, around around the world by steamship. I mean, at a time when people didn't even travel at all. And what's remarkable to me is when you read his passages of where he went to Egypt and where he went to Africa, his complaints, he had travelers' complaints. And you know what the complaint was? They wanted to charge him at the hotel for a candle. Mm. (laughs) They wanted to charge him extra for soap. We worry about the mini bar today. Mm. But even back then, the experience under much more hardship situations was more or less the same.
7: It was because travel is travel but the fact what you're saying here shows us how much we have come a long way. Travel tourism today is a people's movement. One out of five of the people of the world make an international trip every year outside of their own country. It's not anymore this gentleman or any other aristocrats that have travels to India to China or any other country that he calls exotic
0: comes back and writes a book about it. It's people moving, it's, it's massive movements. Sure. Mark, listen, Mark Twain wrote a book about it. Today, people just go and Instagram their food. Correct. The only thing that I worry about, Talib, and I hope you'll agree with this, is we've developed an entire generation of people who are more obsessed with documenting their experience than actually having it.
7: Yes, I agree with that. I agree with that. But that's part of the experience itself. Documentation is part of joy of life as well. So let's not deny ourselves that. Oh, I'm not denying it, and I'm not denying the opportunity. I just don't want it to be all the opportunity. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But I think travelers today are by far much more interactive, much more seeking experiences than they were before. You saw the presentation yesterday about, uh, coming from a colleague of mine, a good friend, Carlos Vogela, when he spoke about the stages that we're passing through. He called the stage that we're into now, the experience stage, the dream travel which is basically to go and see other things in a different light, which was not there before. Your travelers today cannot be satisfied or content traveling 40 people in a bus and being pointed at, this is Turifel, this is the Louvre, this is They want to go down, they want to meet the people, they want to eat with them, they want to hear their stories. They want to get off the bus. Exactly, exactly, get off the bus.
0: And, and I encourage everybody listening to the show, I have nothing against bus travel. I'm a very big fan of getting off the bus when you get there. That's right. Absolutely. I remember, I'm not making this up, 25 years ago, I was in the Philippines, Mm -hmm. going between the islands of Legaspi and Palawan, and there were a group of five travel writers on a bus, and they wouldn't get off the bus. And I asked one woman who was a travel writer. What
7: are you writing about?
0: I asked her what the name of her column was. You know what the name of her column was? Off the beaten path. I said, are you serious?
3: Be a rapid change in cabin pressure, oxygen masks will automatically drop from the compartment above your seat free of charge. And to start the flow of oxygen, pay your flight attendant $75.63.
0: My next guest, sort of a regular on this show. I see him at so many different events. We always want to check in with him. He's the editor-in-chief of Inside Tra- Insider Travel Report, James Schillinglaw. How are you, James?
8: I'm doing great, Peter. How are you?
0: Okay, so let's get an update because, you know, in a world that's confused and chaotic, uh, you can see the the almost the inevitable and almost knee-jerk effects of travel uh, being cut Uh, if you look at at the United Kingdom now with Brexit, so many people just not traveling. And that just doesn't mean to the United States. That's within Europe. Uh, They're all worried about March 29th. That's just next month when when apparently that agreement ends. And uh, assuming they get a Brexit or no Brexit, every different bilateral agreement is going to have to be renegotiated with airlines and hotels and countries. It's a mess. Uh, We're dealing with the perception of the United States by foreign travelers who perceive us to be unwelcoming, closed, and inhospitable. And we see a noticeable drop in incoming passengers to the United States states, anywhere from, depending on whose numbers you believe, anywhere from 5 to 9%, that's substantial. And then, of course, we just survived, if you want to call it survived, the government shutdown, where you're dealing with at least $3 billion in lost revenue they can never recoup. And that, that's just airlines, hotels, and cruise lines, and the economy in general. And anytime you have a situation like that, the ripple effect is not a ripple effect. It's, a, it's an avalanche effect, where it's not just people not traveling. They're not going to their dry cleaner. They're not going to their restaurant. They're not getting their shoes repaired. They're not filling their gas tank. And, of course... Travel gets hit.
8: Well, Peter, boy, I don't want to travel after that. That's just no. That's like exactly why news. you want to travel. No, but the, the point is, the, that's, the, a, the that's answer, what we're dealing with. Yeah, the answer is actually, if you saw it, was the power of travel that got the government shut down reverse.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that because when they had that ground stop last Friday at LaGuardia, I ended up on the air at CBS almost immediately because that was a huge wake up call. That okay, we can talk about not enough FAA inspectors looking at maintenance. We can talk about not enough, you know, uh, pilots being certified with their medical certificates up for renewal but when you don't have enough guys working the, working the the screens at the tower and you do a ground stop, what a ground stop means is nothing leaving and nothing coming out of La- LaGuardia, which means as LaGuardia, and by the way, it's a beautiful clear day of weather, so it wasn't compounded by that, but it's the same impact because once LaGuardia shuts down, the rest of the country falls apart almost exponentially and it moves westward. Yeah, well, right? we,
8: well, we thought it was the TSA workers that was going to be the problem because they were calling in sick, but it turned out it was the air traffic controllers that did it.
0: And, you know, it's one thing to have an air traffic controller available to work, it's not a good idea to put this guy or this woman on a second double shift.
8: I do not want to be in the air
0: when one of those guys is on a second shift because I know how how tough that job is. Mm-hmm. But here's my guess on this, and I might be wrong, I'll never know, but you know, here you had Mitch McConnell, and by the way, I'm not getting into politics here, I'm just looking at process. Mm-hmm. Here you have Mitch McConnell saying he's not going to introduce a measure to reopen the government so they can discuss everything, he's blocking everything, and all of a sudden this hits the fan. What's Mitch McConnell's wife do? She's the Secretary of Transportation.
8: Ha! <laughs> That's Elaine Chao. I bet
0: there was some pillow talk in that room that night.
8: Yeah, and Uh, it might have worked because then we had the government open. It wasn't even over. It was literally within hours, if you remember. uh,
0: Yeah, and the other argument, which I find somewhat funny, again, we'll never know if it's true, when you shut down corridors, you're not letting any of the president's friends on their private jets fly either. Somebody was talking to him saying, okay, it's gone too far. Or
8: members of Congress. Or members (laughs) of Congress.
0: Nobody was moving. So if you ever, look, anytime you want to know about the power of travel, just disrupt it you want to have a volcano in iceland see what happens it's
8: disrupted well i wrote i wrote a story about it immediately i said that this shows the power of travel that can actually end the government shutdown nobody else could do it now the question is what's going to happen in about two three weeks whether we're going to be at ground zero again and we'll have the same issue uh I i hope not and a lot of people felt that it was sufficiently you know the danger was sufficient that most people say that that can't happen again.
0: Yeah, my guess is I'm, uh, I think you're right. I, I, I think they're going to come to the brink again and realize we do not want to open that mm. door again because when that door closes, it's going to be right in our face. Yeah. No matter what side of the fence you're on politically, it's not a good idea. All right, so now that we understand the power of travel, and we also understand it's a buyer's market because of the influence of other either negative or scary things out there, mm. pretty good idea to travel.
8: I would think so. It's actually a great time to travel, and uh, we're down here in the Caribbean, of course, and this is a region that suffered immensely about less, less than two years ago, and I would argue it's back, and it's back big time. And right now, you can get some great deals in the Caribbean, great deals on cruises, and by the way, it's a whole new Caribbean. They have taken this opportunity in the last year and a half to completely renovate many of these resorts. Some are still being renovated, but they're being renovated because they're trying to do it right. So you're getting all these islands, I think there are eight or nine, that got really hit, and they're all coming back big time.
0: With the exception of, you know, people want to talk about branding. I remember, you know, after the big hurricanes, both of them in, in Puerto Rico, you know, Marriott had X number of properties that were closed and Hilton and Hyatt. But what people don't realize is that Marriott doesn't own them. Hmm. They manage them. So the real question was, the ownership of these properties, no matter what island you're on, were they properly insured? Were they sufficiently capitalized to be able to do a complete reconstruction? Some of them did, some of them didn't. But the ones that did, they're amazing.
8: Yeah, and they're coming back, as I said, bigger and better than ever. I I was on St. Bart's recently, and all these properties, they're putting in the money, and they're actually renovating it and going beyond. And so these are now super properties, and it's a great time to go visit them.
0: And by the way, this is not just some silly promotion, come to the Caribbean, we're open for business. They need the business. Uh, there are people here who still think that there's no water or electricity in, in Puerto Rico. That got back. Um, and
8: and that, you, that was, a year, that was over, over a year ago. It now was. We point.
0: went down there. We, we did one of my shows down there. We did a couple of my shows down there. And th- it was just devastating. Uh, you know, when you take away basic goods and services from people... They can't do anything else. Mm. I mean, it, it, it's, it's basic subsistence if they're lucky. And, and for them to be able to turn this around, even, you know, without a lot of government assistance. I mean, you had the FEMA guys down there, but, you know, the bureaucracy was a killer. Um, they've turned it around. Even the national parks are open. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not just there. It's also in St. Croix. They, they've been able to fix the damage and make it even better.
8: Well, even beyond Puerto Rico and the U.S. territories, I think that the Caribbean uh, governments and private sector has done a great job in in getting everything back online uh, and really turning it around. I don't hear a lot of people who say they don't want to go to the Caribbean this year.
3: Hello and welcome to Alaska Flight 438. We'd like to tell you now about some important safety features of this aircraft. The most important safety feature we have aboard
8: this plane is the flight attendants. Please look at one now.
0: Heard me talk about these guys the last time I was here. It's an opportunity for you to volunteer and get involved and help with the very people who need it the most whenever you travel, but especially right here in Jamaica, and that's the Montego Bay Marine Park Trust. And joining me now from the Trust is Charlinda Forrester. How are you?
2: I'm fine. I'm so glad to be here. And I'm
0: glad that mm-hmm. you're here because, you know, I, you, you don't have to pay me to get in the water. You don't have to pay <laughs> me to go near the water. But mm-hmm. this is such a great opportunity for people who are vacationing here to leave the resort and go out and help you guys yeah. do coastal cleanup and identify stuff and, and make sure explore and get ex-
2: to know the environment. Yeah. yeah.
0: Now you guys are one of the first marine parks here, right?
2: Yes, we actually are. We are twenty six years old, established in nineteen ninety two.
0: Wow. And how big are you?
2: 15.3 kilometers square.
0: So manageable.
2: Yeah. But From that's the big airport enough. coming all the way down to Great River, that's us.
0: So when you're landing at the airport, you're landing right over the park.
2: Yes, you're in the park.
0: You are in the park. Mm-hmm. So if I wanted to volunteer and go hang out with you guys, what what could I do?
2: Just come down come down to the park where our office is actually at pier 1 so you can just come on down to pier 1 and just come into our office and volunteer no and expe- you can also go to our website.
0: And, well, we'll get to that in a second mm-hmm. but no experience necessary, right?
2: No, come okay. and learn.
0: Okay, what are you going to what are you going to make me do? What are you going to do put me to work?
2: Um, swim, dive. Oh, let me let <laughs>
0: me see I'm volunteering to swim and I'm volunteering to dive. Yes. This is a pretty good deal.
2: Yes, you can cuz you are actually helping us do things. So, for example, when we have underwater cleanup, you can help us with that. You just swim. Help us clean up. You can also help us with students because we have students coming by to learn about the marine organisms. So if you're great at that, just come on and help us.
0: And what's the biggest surprise when people come down that they don't really know about Jamaica <laughs> or the park?
2: Uh, they some of them do and some of them don't. But locally, a lot of questions. Well, the most popular thing that we get is persons don't know that corals are actually living things and they're, they're not living, just Living, breathing rocks.
0: organisms. They are. They yeah. think that
2: they're rocks. It's just like oh, the, those cute rocks out there. I'm like no, no. they're only rocks.
0: And you take them out of the water.
2: <laughs> exactly. They're actually living, breathing organisms.
0: Now, if I were to go snorkeling with you guys or swimming with you guys beyond just the cleanup,
2: mm-hmm. what
0: would I see down there that would surprise me in terms of the, of the wildlife, if you will?
2: Well, basically, you'll see things that are on the coral reef, generally, in um, you know, Caribbean waters. It's not really a lot of out of the ordinary stuff. So everything might be a surprise. You might see a dolphin. You might see a turtle. You might see a shark. You might see just little Sergeant Majors. Just
0: as long as the shark doesn't see me. Oh.
2: They can see you too. Uh, Thank you so much for sharing. (laughs) That would be a very
0: fast volunteer opportunity. (laughs) Uh, Now, you're celebrating World Wetlands.
2: Yes, that's coming up this Saturday, February 2nd, and we'll be cleaning up along the Freeport Main Road. So we are inviting everyone. You don't have to be from Jamaica or in an organization. Just as long as you're in Montego Bay, come on out, help us clean up.
0: Now, when you talk about coming out to help, not just this weekend, but any weekend.
2: Whenever we're having activities, we really...
0: Right, whatever activity that would be. Yeah, we synthesize the public. How much time is it going to take for me to do that? Meaning, you got to take me from the resort with my pina colada stuck up my nose. you got to move me from the pool, mm-hmm. right, to the beach, right? And then, what's going to keep me there, and how long will I spend?
2: The people, and also, you're doing a great cause. We're yeah. all living in the environment. We benefit from it, so it doesn't matter if you take an hour or two. Just come out and help it and make it better. It's from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m., so it's not that long. Oh, that's
0: totally doable. Exactly. Right, plus I get to meet guys like you.
2: Yes, and you also get to go on our boat cruise out into the lagoons. So it's not only to clean up, but you're actually going to go on a tour to actually see the mangroves, be with it, the organisms that are there, the you get to jellyfish, fish You get to connect everything. the dots and learn about exactly. it. Exactly, you know what you're protecting. Yeah.
0: What's the most endangered area right now, the most endangered species here in Jamaica? Yeah. Um,
2: We're really looking at the parrotfish now because we're really having a reef issue with the algae versus, um, you know, just generally clean reef. And
0: by the way, the algae is coming from where? Runoff from people's sewers. Exactly, and we have so many runoff coming out. I'm telling you, we see that a lot in lakes in America. It's terrible, but I'm surprised to see it as bad here.
2: It's bad. We have gullies and drains just emptying straight out on the coral reefs. And it's just, it's unthinkable.
0: But is it fixable?
2: Yes. If we change our mindset and our your attitude towards how we dump garbage, Sure, we need to really focus on that.
0: So you're not just educating the visitors, you've got to educate the locals. Yes. <laughs> That's the biggest problem in any mm-hmm. community, mm-hmm. right? Now you can tell me the website.
2: Uh, www.mbmp.org And that, of course, stands for the Montego Bay, Bay marine, marine Park, park Trust.org
0: Trust.
2: Or you can find us on Instagram, which is Montego Bay underscore Marine Park.
0: And when they find out that the core Pearl is not a rock. Mm-hmm. It has to change their 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 They're very
2: fascinated. They're like looking at the ocean or the sea in a very different way. They're like oh, so there are tiny things living in here, and I can learn about them. And the it's most amazing.
0: staggering thing for me, having spent so much time on the water, mm-hmm. is how much today we still don't know.
2: Yes, it is, it
0: is. I mean, if you take a look at how much of the Earth's surface is covered by water, how deep it is, and how much we've yet to explore.
2: Mm-hmm. I it's mean, very underexplored, I would say. Yeah. And we love it. As marine biologists or persons who just love the sea, we think we have seen it all, but no.
0: Not even close, Not right? Not
2: even close. I, wish I could
3: fly into the sky. The charge for looking at this pamphlet is $3. <laughs> the charge for looking at this pamphlet and putting it back quickly is $4. <laughs> Over the
7: sea.
0: sad statement that most people who visit here never leave the resorts. They sit there with a pina colada stuck up their nose and they think they've seen Jamaica and they have no idea. They just think it's all about reggae and Bob Marley. They don't know about mento. They think it's all about the hotel's version of jerk chicken, but they haven't gone to scotchies. I mean, they just don't know. And, you know, the culture here is amazing. When we were down here many years ago to do a one-hour special with the then Prime Minister, P.J. Patterson, we went everywhere together. Um, And not just in Montego Bay. We went all throughout the country. And that's where I learned so much about the culture and the music and the food and the art uh joining me now is someone who knows a lot about the culture because so much of what they do preserves it his name is i love your last name
9: <laughs> <laughs>
0: edward first man yes I, I. the director of the
9: rastafari indigenous village Yes, one
0: part of what you do is to preserve the culture
9: yes most definitely you know um, the truth of it is culture comes on so many levels you know and the human side of it is is really something that was struggling in a way because our community has not really has had a, 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 a what we call a comfortable time with the Jamaican society just based on the fact that Rastafari was something that differentiates you know and pushed the boundaries well, it a scared bit them. in a way yes <laughs>
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, but they didn't understand it, right?
9: Yeah, they never understood it. And and coming out of the colonial world, where there were a set of standards for what a human being was meant to be, Rastafari communicated a different um, interpretation of what a human being was meant to be.
0: Well, you know, we're we're still going through our own problems with racism in America. Here, it wasn't just racism. It was was a religious thing, too.
9: Yeah, because really and truly, um, there was a lot that ones would have to battle through the history. Um, Our history was really... um, um, you know the, the the idea of slavery that was there and that and that was pronounced. But the the difference in this form of slavery that Jamaica experienced came through the mental slavery, something that was deliberate to remove your tradition, to remove your idea of spirituality, to remove the way how you thought yeah, about their the version earth.
0: of assimilation, right? Like do it our way or no way.
9: Exactly, yeah. and, and 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 you know that was all. You know, against any kind of a human rights approach, against any kind of a constitutional approach at Jamaica. But you were
0: also kept economically
9: separated. Exactly. So all of our rights were being um, attacked, and then someone told us that tourism could be a way. (laughs) You know. (laughs) Although I will tell you this. (laughs) Yes.
0: If I see one more Bob Marley T-shirt, I'm going to throw up.
9: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah, I'm sorry. But I mean, I understand it because you. It was not just tourism; it was the music, it was the art. Right? That's where people started to recognize you when you think about it.
9: Yeah, but even in those type of recognition, because rights were not in because we were not telling our own story, we were going through third and fourth and fifth parties. And this was why we basically set up our own space to tell our own st- um, story and to make ourselves be number one. Right, in basically, that what process. you're telling me
0: is you had really bad marketing. <laughs> uh, yeah,
9: well, you know, I mean, bad, when you think about it, yeah. Um, bad acceptance of, of, of yes. who we are and what we represented, you know, the disconnect. Well, you, you were to
0: a certain extent threatening. Yes. Not by, not by anything you were doing, just because people didn't understand.
9: Yes, difference normally caused that type of uh, sure. attitude and behavior, you know, and we were definitely different in the way how we dress, how we carried. So what changed it?
0: Or what is changing it, I should say?
9: Yes, the ING is very, very important. I think, and this is why I say some kudos to, to, to tourism, because in a way, we created a space to teach, and which meant that we were trying our best to learn. And, and it's a way how to learn not just from ourselves, but from the world in general, and recognizing that we are part of a global community.
0: And Thank God we are in a global community now because you can communicate faster and and, and basically tear down bridges faster.
9: Yes. And and what that global community did once we opened up the space, it gave um, us the opportunity to see that this level of discrimination that we would face locally it gave our, t- our children a chance to see that, you know, acceptance is not just in Jamaica. It's wider than that, and it's in the world. So in a way, that's how our preservation started, because the art that you speak about, the music that you speak about, all of this come out in a space of Rasta Village. People hear a lot about reggae music, but they want to find the mother. Of reggae music. They gotta which go is, back to do it. Which yeah. is Rastafari.
0: We're talking to Edward Ray Firstman from the Rastafari Indigenous Village. You guys are about 10 years old, right?
9: Yeah, yeah. And right here
0: in Montego Bay?
9: Right here in Montego Bay, just outside of Montego Bay, like about 10 minutes. So, yeah, call it right inside of Montego Bay. A beautiful location, Montego River Gardens. Um, that's the name of the space um, in a community called Portobello.
0: Yeah, I know, Portobello. And you can come learn, you can come experience, you can even stay overnight.
9: You can stay overnight and you can actually teach. Each to as well, you know, because the idea is that we're learning so much from visitors That's it's really a oh, sharing. Now, now
0: you've opened the door. What's the one biggest surprise you've learned from visitors? Because the cent- they're supposed to learn from you.
9: Yeah, that the center of the banana trunk can be eaten. <laughs> Somebody from India. That's it? You well know I mean? hold that's the, that's the deal? No, that's many, and that plus many more. So, for example, the indigenous communities all over the world has really visited our community. And a lot of the issues that we face, either in tourism or in our regular rights that needs to be addressed, is almost as if the Rastafari indigenous village was a flag, you know, for people who wanted to find the community of Rastafari. And we have learned so much in how they negotiate, how they deal with their own issues, their version of preservation and protection. And just the ordinary people of the day, you know.
0: And I, I want to make it clear to my to my listeners that we're not talking about a Disney World experience here. We're not talking about a ride or an attraction. We're talking about an immersion into an, into a community.
9: Yes, most definitely into the way how how we cook, and you know, into the way how what, we. What's on the menu? Well, our food, our food is very unique. We call it Ital food. A lot of people call it vegan, but Ital in itself it is really how we see our relationship with life. And, and 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 you know, so there is absolutely no meat in 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 our journey. But it's not because of. So if of, I'm a
0: pescatarian, I'm in.
9: Yeah, it's not because of. It's not. No fish either. No fish. No so fish.
0: So it's, it's 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 vegan almost.
9: Yeah, 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 yeah. And as a result of this, yeah.
0: Wait, 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 wait. No, wait. Stop it. Yeah. So no right. meat. No meat.
9: No salt so- and nothing that is processed unless you process it yourself. So yes? basically,
0: you're going to see me at the base of a banana tree going, help.
9: <laughs> but but what happened is that it's. Unique ways yeah. how we use flavors that are here with, in with Jamaica. Put your handed
0: down, generation to generation.
9: Generation to generation, and coconut is the main ingredient in all of our meals. Yes, so it's if you like coconut, it's a coconut flavored. So meal. we're
0: talking coconut bread,
9: coconut everything. <laughs> Oh. Coconut, everything. So so, so for us, you know, as Rastafari, our food is should not be described as health food. It should be best described as love food because it's really the love for nature. And and, and that's the way how we actually choose. Although our... you
0: realize that if I spend a couple of days with you, I'll walk out of there and they'll say, how is the food? I'll say, I never want to eat another coconut. Nah. <laughs> no, I get it. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, people,
9: people need I've to do I've been eating this. coconut for 25 years and I want some. No. <laughs>
0: I get it. But it's also the music, too.
9: Yeah, the music is really very, very important because the, the vibration of our music goes to life, the center source, which is the heart. So they call our music the heartbeat.
0: But I'm going to suggest that I'm not just going to learn about reggae. I'm going to go and learn about everything there.
9: The source of reggae yeah. is what you would learn about, the mother of reggae, Well, I the I, vibration I go back to Mento that created and, it. Yeah. yeah, and
0: there's still a couple of guys here. I had them on the show. and I, 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 One, I think, passed away, but they're in their 80s now. And they came and played on the show. It was a mento band, you know? Amazing.
9: Yeah, the root of the root of of Rastafari right now is really about earth citizenship. How can we, together as the human family, not owe allegiance anymore to our nation, but to the fellow men and women that we are around? You know, it's a celebration well, it's of our differences. Ground.
0: It's about finding common ground. Finding
9: common ground. And that's what you will experience when you come to a space like Rastafari Indigenous Village. The common ground, the things that connects us within life and the environment, environment that brings us together
0: now there's a cost of entry but it's nominal what is it
9: we have more than one packages depending on um, the time that people are going to stay so it range from anywhere between um twenty dollars to forty five dollars depending that's on group size totally reasonable yeah
0: do you have an all the coconut you can eat package uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's your package
9: <laughs> and you can stay over as well so if you want to eat all the coconut oh, really you can volunteer to be on our farm you know um you our- see that's
0: that's important because I like the process. If you can understand the process, then you value the product. So if I volunteer to be on your farm, I'm not only not just eating the food, I'm finding it.
9: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So we choose people based on the spirit, the mission that they are on, you know, and and that's the way it works. But separate and apart from that, we function three days out of the week. Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. We normally have like a a three-and-a-half-hour tour where you go through all our preservation stations. These are areas that are, by the individuals who are in the village, they are concerned about things that are being lost. And as a result of that, we decide that the only way we can preserve the things that are being lost is by using them and making them relevant for this time.
0: So this is not just a static museum. This is interactive and living.
9: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a living heritage that is transforming all the time
0: i love it edward ray first man my favorite name of the day i'm yes, telling sir. you you are <laughs> i'll be second man to your first
9: On <laughs> the first everyone is a first oh you say that to everybody yes, okay. sir. <laughs> director
0: of the rastafari indigenous village a must see if you're coming here leave the resort immerse yourself in a culture that is truly foreign to you but as we just said within about 15 minutes you're going to find some common ground
3: you've been listening to peter greenberg worldwide Catch us each week as we broadcast on the new location somewhere around the world.
0: If you like Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.
3: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free on Wondery Plus.